in your glory. Now I'm trying to draw this verbal picture here. In those other two stories from St. Mark's Gospel, when Jesus says that he's going to suffer, Peter immediately chastises him. James and John immediately ask for power. What's more, in another portion of St. Mark, the inner circle fell asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane when and where Jesus needed them the most. So let me be clear. Peter, James, and John never really got it right until Jesus was raised from the dead. But that they never understood the pre-resurrection Jesus. Fortunately, today there are all kinds of Bible commentaries and scholarly articles written for us to approach Jesus from an intellectual point of view. Now, I confess that this is one of the aspects of active priesthood that I dearly missed when I was not in parish ministry due to my epilepsy. Just that digging in and studying. Now, it's not that I'm going to stop studying. It's just that that is not what this is all about. In fact, Father Bill gave me the December issue of National Geographic magazine, and he knew what he was doing. The cover was a painting. And underneath the painting are the words, the real Jesus. <laughs> now it's fascinating to read that the archaeological and geographical scholars were determining that the Bible was far more accurate when it came to the factual life of Jesus than was originally thought. But it hit me when reading all of those was this point-blank question. Who cares? And as that abrupt question hit me, the article ended, and it ended with this exact line. But for true believers, their faith in the life, death, and resurrection of the Son of God will be evidence enough. <clears throat> This is so encouraging to me because through Jesus, God is in this divine human partnership with humans, humans like you and me. God is in a partnership with people who aren't that spiritual 
with people who constantly do not do the right thing, with people like that inner circle who just do not seem to get it right. <clears throat> Somewhere down deep inside of us, we have faith, or we wish to have it. Now, I can preach this to encourage you <coughs> and me and us who all feel run down and injured and are just plain tired of being on that losing end of Murphy's Law. And as I get to know Good Shepherd people better, I see a whole lot of people in all sorts of pain who feel insignificant and small. Now, the prolific writer, J.R.R. Tolkien, knew this when he invented that entire world entitled Middle Earth. And by the way, here's my shameless plug. <laughs> and Lent, along with the C.S. Lewis works, I will also be leading a course on J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Back to the sermon. <laughs> Some of the characters in that world are these creatures called hobbits who are all of four feet tall. And there's nothing really special about them at all compared to the strength of the dwarves, the savvy of the elves, the brilliance of the wizards, and even, if there is such a word, the normality of humans. And four of these hobbits, however, were a part of an inner circle of sorts selected for a mission that would save all that was good in Middle-earth. Peter, James, and John were selected by Jesus even though there was nothing special about them to be a part of his mission. You and I are selected to be a part of Jesus' ministry and mission in this context of Good Shepherd. His ministry happens in the context of reality, not in this vacuum of fantasy. For instance, those who went on the mission trip literally went into the city and the suburbs of New Orleans to be a part of healing broken lives. And guess what? People like you, me, are better at healing broken lives because of our brokenness. I see a lot of broken people in here. And 
it goes both ways. You're looking at a broken life. What's more, Jesus knows about being broken. If Jesus did not know a thing about being a broken person, then Jesus is not credible to broken people. And if Jesus was exempt from the pain of this life, then Jesus again is not credible to people in pain. This event of the transfiguration was to prepare Jesus for his literal cross. He would suffer. He would die. The transfiguration is also for us so that we may be strengthened to carry our crosses. Transfiguration did not exempt Jesus from the cross of suffering and death, nor will it exempt us. That's not the end of the story. Suffering and death are never the end of the story. That's what we believe. No matter how hard suffering and death can be. We believe that Jesus is with us regardless. One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed forward, I looked back at the footprints in the sand, <clears throat> and I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times in my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, My precious child, I love you and will never 
leave you. Never, ever, during your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, 